This is Model Behavior. I am Michael G. Gable, and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. I, like most models, am currently in my car. Uh, I'm not driving. I'm parked, but I am recording this intro in my car in the parking lot of my gym. I went surfing again this morning, got a little Google breakfast, which was nice, hit two auditions in Santa Monica. Uh, Now I'm going to do a quick gym session, and then I have my regular fit modeling job at Fabletics across town in El Segundo. Then I'll go back across town for two more auditions and then go home and work on whatever side projects or relaxation activities I want to get into. But some quick updates on my life. I just recently uploaded the full cut of Van Life, which is the short film I wrote and directed and acted in a while back. I just uploaded that to Vimeo. So if you go to my Instagram profile, Michael G. Gable, uh, that's the link right there. So watch that and actually listen to it because the composer of Van Life, who did the soundtrack, Uh, And the score is a girl named Julia Newman, who's actually promised to work on a um, proprietary intro song for this podcast. Um, She's in grad school at USC for composition. She is very legit and very busy, so we're not pressuring her. But um, just listen to Van Life and realize how beautiful she is at composition. And I can't wait to see what she creates for this. Other than that, I have an art show coming up next Thursday at Glazed. Mike Glazer, you'll remember from the early episodes of this podcast, is doing his monthly show at the Hollywood Improv, and we're doing something a little different. I am actually auctioning off four of my serial killers, the four original, the OGs, um, will be auctioned off for charity. We're going to be donating the proceeds to an organization called Peace Over Violence, which is LA-based and works to prevent sexual and domestic violence um, amongst families and communities. And uh, it's a cause that's really close to my heart. It's an event that's really important to me, and I think it's going to be an amazing night. So there are more details to come about that. Otherwise, um, holiday slowdowns here. Work is slow. Getting those last auditions in before heading home to St. Louis for break and just trying to enjoy life. You know, I can't complain too much. I got out in the water and surfed this morning. The swell was up, super crowded, a lot of uh, angling for a position, but it's not a bad way to start your day, just sitting on your board, staring at the horizon. It kind of gives you that Zen mindset and um, sets you up for the rest of the day to be pretty, pretty equilib- equilibrium I don't know. It sets you up for the day to be good. And surfing's, I've been doing a lot more surfing lately. It's been doing something to me. So I've been doing a lot more of it. And um, I don't know. I think there might be some sort of story in there. And it's it's sort of bubbling up. But I'm not going to give away too much of that magic. I'm going to let it, it do it do its work. And then I'll share with you when, you're, when, when I'm ready. Um, but this episode is with Kunami, a.k.a. Laura Quintana. And she's a fantastic model, fitness model, skate surf model, lifestyle model, chef. Um, <laughs> uh, we had a, a wide-ranging conversation, and she's such a pleasure, super funny. She's one of those people who I didn't know super well, and I had a feeling based on her Instagram captions that she would be fun to talk to, and I was right. She is 
she does not disappoint. So please enjoy this conversation with Laura Quintana. We've learned our lesson since then. There you go. How are you, Laura? I'm doing good. It's Quintana, right? It is Quintana. You're another person who I know from your Instagram handle, which is Kunami. It is. But we have worked together. We worked on a sketcher shoot. I remember. It was a golf shoot. And I'm really embarrassed to say that I saw you at an audition and I didn't remember you. Do you remember that? No, but I'm going to be honest. I've been to a couple auditions where I think I see you. Yeah. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I'm a pretty interchangeable face in this world. I was at an audition yesterday and i had to take a picture of this guy and send it to my girlfriend because i was like this this is me like (laughs) from the side i was like this is me (laughs) Uh, there's nothing weirder than walking to an audition room and just seeing like four or five people that look exactly like you yeah and you just have to hope that like maybe you're an inch taller or like a little better (laughs) something's gotta stand out something's gotta stand out (laughs) how was porto did you go to porto this morning i didn't i was going to but i woke up a little late and I'm in mid-city, so it would have taken me like 40 minutes to get there. Yeah. Just, I didn't want to sit in my car. Yeah. I mean, we were coordinating this podcast around our surf schedules. I went to Venice this morning. We were. Super early. Because living in the valley, like, there's an inflection point in traffic where if I don't leave before Mm -hmm. like six, it goes from... 30 plus minutes to like an hour plus minutes. Yeah. I mean, I I get out early. (laughs) I got your text. I woke up at like eight and I saw your text at 5.30 a.m. I was like, wow, yeah. he was not kidding. Yeah. Well, I went out and surfed with my buddy and then he nice. works at Google. So I went and got free Google breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Google with all the amenities. Yeah. Like what? So I've always heard of like these tech companies and the amenities. And I was like, I was like, dude, can I get a job here? Like, I'm <laughs> I know, right? about modeling. I don't care. I, I've, I had a friend who worked at Google and I was like, yo, can, can you get me a job as a trainer at the gym at yeah. Google? <laughs> I was like, do they have like, like some position where I can like build stuff with my hands? He's like, we're a, we're a tech company. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but... <laughs> Look, I know I'm not qualified, but I've got great energy. Just yeah. bring me on. <laughs> he was like, honestly, if I could teach you to pass the interview, I could probably get you a job here. Yeah. But I don't want a nine to five. Hey, confidence is everything. <laughs> um, I imagine you don't want a nine to five either. I don't. Not my, not my vibe. But let's start with the official first question of the podcast. Ooh, okay. What were you up to when you were seven years old? Wow. Starting off with a real hard hitting question. <laughs> it's the only one. Um, I was probably playing with my neighbors, Chris and Shay, just like climbing trees, yep. running around like a crazy person, going to the pool. Yeah, just just being where being a about barefoot freak New Jersey New Jersey Bedminster small okay. town equestrian town I guess that's yeah how some horse country describe. out there yeah I don't know if you've what's heard of what's your home, exit is that what people say that oh gosh can't you just asked <laughs> that. I went to school in New Hampshire and I had a lot of friends from uh, New Jersey and yeah, that's what they say what's bad is that I I don't know what my <laughs> exit was you're not a real Jersey girl anymore <laughs> yeah definitely not but both my parents grew up in Southern California so we would come oh. out here every year so but yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. But now, I mean, you're you're like a surfer girl. You're oh. a skate surf. Like I would have thought you grew up in Southern California for sure. Mm, I'm doing a rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? What got you from East Coast to West Coast? Um, so because my both my parents grew up out here, we have a ton of family out here. Like my mom's family, her side of the family is huge. So yeah. we would come out here every year. Um, So it always kind of felt like home. My older sister moved out here right after high school, too. And whether I realized it when I was younger or not, it was kind of always the plan to just move to California. 
Um, I mean, that exposure to California is nice at a young age. Yeah. Because I, I came out here for the first time when I, after call. I mean, I guess I'd kind of been through, but not really. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to LA through my job. And I remember it was December. I was living in Venice. I rode a shitty old bike someone had given me in my board shorts down to the beach. Oh. I was like laying on the grass by the boardwalk. The and dream. I, I overheard this girl, these group of girls having a conversation. One of them goes, you know, there's something to be said for the four seasons, but also no. And I was just like, that's it. I'm never leaving. <laughs> Sometimes it's all it takes. Yeah. But you got that exposure early. So you had this like maybe subconscious plan yeah, to land here. Yeah, I think so. Um, so then, yeah, I'm also like solar powered, I think. So once yeah. I was signed with SLU for a couple of years, and they kept saying, like, hey, you should really come out to California. You should really come out. And then a couple of my girlfriends who I had met at Miami Swim Week were all coming out here mm-hmm. last January. So I've been out here for, like, a year and a half. And they were like, hey, we're going out for, like, two months to check out agencies out there. You should come. Like, let's all get an Airbnb. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pack up all my stuff and move there. <laughs> and I'll it'll be great. You. And it'll be yeah. great to, like, have a couple girlfriends to kind of ease me in and, yeah. like, feel comfortable in LA and so I moved out here in January I was living in an Airbnb the first two weeks I bought my moped on the fourth day out here just because I was over uber (laughs) yeah it gets expensive yeah it's no joke um and then I found my apartment the second week and it was the perfect spot still live there now yeah and everything else just kind of fell into place were you modeling in New Jersey or Miami I was I was modeling in New Jersey um I got casted for the Armani and Reebok Athletic Collection of 2015 while I was still living in Charleston. Whoa. This pretty big agency, who I'm not going to name because I'm about to spill some tea, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> casted me through my Facebook. You were in um, college at this point? No, I was just living in Charleston. Okay. But I was like 20 at the time. South Carolina? South Carolina. Got it. Yeah. So they casted me for this campaign. They were like, we're you know, we'd love to sign you if you book this job. Right. And I was like, okay, that's no pressure. Yeah, I'll try. So <laughs> I was working with them for six months. Yeah. They put me on this insane training regimen, like this whole dietary thing. It, it was, I was in the best shape I've ever been in, but I like was not happy. Yeah. You know How what tall I mean? are you? I'm five, six. So that's not like fashion no, tall. No, it's really not. Or like, or like runway it's, tall. Yeah, it's definitely not. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyways, um, it was like a really unhealthy experience in a way. They were like, you should uh, drink like a shot of something before you take your digitals because you get your blood flowing, stuff like that. And I was 20 at the time, so that's illegal. You're still growing. (laughs) A shot of something. Yeah, like a shot of vodka. like apple cider vinegar Oh, no. Ew, oh my God, no. Oh, a shot to get your blood flowing? How sus is that? It makes your face like flush, I guess? No, it makes, because it gets your blood flowing, so it it makes you look, I don't know, I don't make Oh, it makes you look vascular? Yes. Oh. Whoa. Super weird. Anyways, Whoa. I ended up not booking that job and then they just wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. And throughout that process, they had also been telling me that I should lose weight, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. And so they stopped talking to me after I didn't book that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and my cousin Lene said, you know what? You should reach out to this agency, SLU. I have a friend who works with them. They're really great. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. So I reached out to SLU. They immediately got back to me. They were like, we'd love to sign you, but could you put on a couple pounds? And I was like, yeah. yes. Yes, this is, please. This is my agency. Yeah. So, yeah. So then I, I moved, I had already moved back up to New Jersey to yeah. be going into New York for 
that whole six months training program. And then, right. uh, yeah, I started working at SLU, was going to castings in New York, but mm-hmm. I was living at my parents' place in New Jersey at that time. And then you made the leap to LA. I made the leap. Yeah. Wait, so this six month training program was all contingent on one booking? On one job. So they trained you for six months for something that you weren't even guaranteed to get. I was sending in digitals every two weeks with measurements and like very specific photos. Yeah, it's very strange. For Armani, it must have been a, it was a huge campaign. It was. A huge, and funny enough, it came down to me and one other girl and three years later, I met her on, yeah. a, on a on a shoot in New York. Her name's Penny Lane. She's beautiful and she's so nice. Yeah. And, and she has that high fashion like fitness. Yeah. But yeah, she's awesome. So, but small well, like world. The, the fitness fashion crossover now is so like streetwear. Like, I feel like I'm not cool enough to pull off the like <laughs> any of the, like the like the Balenciagas. Like you know they do like the the they look like wear. surf booties that people wear at the they gym. Do? Yeah, there's these weird athletic shoes and like I don't know. I'm just not cool enough to pull off anything like oh. that. Do you like my sweatshirt? I do. I'm not gonna lie. When I got out of the car, I thought you had a giant stain on your sweatshirt. Okay, so I do. Um, <laughs> I have this white sweatshirt. It's like super white. My friend called it dangerously white, and I don't know what happened in the washing machine but this is the first time I've worn it. And I was like, maybe I can pull it off as like a tie dye. That's the first thought, major stain. Yeah. Second thought, oh, it's fashion. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's a stain, but so make it fashion. You, just gotta you got it. it. You I, got sh- it. I just can't tell anyone, even though I just told the world that it's a stain. <laughs> it's fine. Just um, own it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you got to put on a few pounds, which is nice because, yes. you know, I've done the counting every, every calorie, weighing my food, put, plugging it into apps and, it helped in the long run because now I can I kind of just know what I'm eating and how mm-hmm. much I'm eating and what my body wants. But for sure, it's not fun when you're in that like starvation mode. Yeah, that was the only time I've ever done that. Like, yeah, really counted and been aware of what I've been eating. Yeah, it was not was not fun. Did not enjoy that. Definitely don't do that anymore. <laughs> it seemed, but it seems like you're a very active person. Like you live mid city, but you'll wake up and drive to Porto. Which is, you know, El Segundo. That's an hour drive probably. Mm, mm. Yeah. I just like, I like moving around. I yeah. like to play. <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a real realization when I, you know, I kind of fell into modeling and I wasn't, I wasn't out of shape, but I wasn't like in shape. I was just kind of a not fat guy. Yeah. Um, I wasn't super muscular and I was like, all right, I got this opportunity to be a model. Like, how do I look like a model? And I spent a lot of time trying to like hack the system, like Tim Ferriss's four hour body. And like, there's all these supplements that promise all these results. And eventually I realized like, if you want to look like a Steph Cordial Mm -hmm. or a Zach Staben, like love her, (laughs) an athlete or a model, like you have to move and eat and work out like an athlete or a model. There's no other way around it. You know, you just have to be an active person. And that's why I wake up and surf. And then, you know, later I'll probably go to the gym and lift. And like, I try to do, I don't know, 10 activities a week, hmm. whether that's golf or yoga or the gym. Sure. And I know for guys, that's kind of what you have to do. You have to just, you know, keep your muscles and stay lean. But what do you do in terms of like your fitness regimen? I've, what do I do in terms of my fitness regimen? It changes. Don't tell me you're another blessed one. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I've definitely always been an athlete, but that helps. at the same time, I've noticed that I have my best results aesthetically and also with bookings 
when I just focus on how I feel mm-hmm. and less about how I look. Like yeah. if I'm going to the gym and training and I'm like, okay, like I want a six pack, I want this. It's easy to get obsessive over how you look and not see the results. But if you yeah. go into the gym and you focus on strength and seeing results that you feel more mm-hmm. so than you see, mm-hmm. that's when I've, I don't know, I guess that's when I do better. So I just kind of do what makes me happy. And when like you say if I, feel, like results you feel like just in terms of confidence or like, oh, I feel my body is more fluid or you know, um, I feel sturdier or... So, like, if I wake up one day and I'm like, oh, I want to run today. Like, I want to go fast. Yeah. Then I'll do that. And I'll feel great after. But some days I wake up and I'm like, no, that sounds like the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just surf. Yeah. Um, I I think listening to your body is a big thing. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, I think. Just, like, listening to your body, doing what feels good for you in that day. Mm -hmm. And then you also have... Umami Kunami. Umami Kunami. So you're, you like diet, not necessarily diet, but food and like nutrition, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. So I started Umami Kunami just because I love to yeah. cook for my friends. And I just love the idea of like sitting down with a bunch of people, having family style meals, yeah, cooking good food with simple quality ingredients. It's just the best. Yeah. You know, like the kitchen's the heart of the house. That's where everybody ends up going anyway. So I just love to cook. We're basically in the kitchen right yes, now. Yes, we are basically. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very at home. Good. Good. I'm glad. And, you, have a cat, you have a cat on your lap, so you're very yeah, much at home. I have this kitty right here. Um, yeah. So I started it because I just love to cook and wanted to share whatever I was making. And yeah, yeah it's been fun. My friends will text me and be like, hey, Laura, I want to learn how to make this, but I don't know where to start. And yeah. I'm like, oh, like I'll do all the research. I'll buy all the ingredients. Like, let's yeah. go. And that's the hard part is like, if you want to make something specific, you have to go out and buy all the spices. Yeah. And but it's like, it's not cheap to buy like a thing of saffron or whatever. It's you know? not, but that's my favorite part. Yeah. And I love finding like little markets mm-hmm. that have like spices in bulk for way cheaper. Yeah. I mean, you can go to Trader Joe's and buy a jar of, you know, red chili pepper flakes for like four bucks. Yeah. Or you can go to, I think it's called World market world market in yeah culver yeah and you can buy a giant bag of it yeah for like 199 or those like indian sweets and spices mm-hmm. stores they have all the, you just get like a bag it looks like a drug deal but it's not <laughs> i don't think just don't an know. added benefit <laughs> i mean some some spices are like a drug mm. um but yeah i i kind of do the same thing with eating that i do with working out. i just kind of try to listen to my body yeah, you know sure. what does my body want today do i want protein do i want to just like kind of keep it simple with salads Seems like you don't follow any sort of like dietary restriction. I really don't. I like to eat good, healthy yeah. food just because yeah. it makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, just clean, like whole food yeah, stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to feed the soul too. Yeah. So, like, I, if I need to crush a giant bowl of ramen yeah. that I know I'll feel horrible oh, after, yeah. I will do it just yeah. because you, you got to. I mean, don't be gluttonous, but like, be food gluttonous. is, like you said, like, <laughs> it's. It's so comforting. Like it's home cooked meals or meals shared with friends are, it's a special thing and it's, it's becoming rarer in the Postmates age, I think. Mm -hmm. And I, my favorite TV show is Top Chef. So I've learned a lot. Like like, that's the only show that I like, I'm like, when is it on? I'll watch it. I don't even DVR it. I like run home to watch it. I love Top Chef. Nerd alert. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. But, uh, (laughs) but you learn, if you just watch Top Chef, you learn like, 
<clears throat> flavor profiles. So you learn like, sure. oh, this is Mediterranean, this is Southeast Asian, this is mm. et cetera. And you're able to put together meals that are healthy because you know it's going into them. You're not going out to a restaurant and paying, you know, an exorbitant prices for LA food. For and real. you're like, you're doing something. It's like yeah. a creative activity. Brings people together. Yeah. Feels good. Tastes good. What about weed? Are you into weed? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> good. Tell me more because I'm trying to get back into the the marijuana trying world. Trying to get back into the weed game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I will be more specific. What do you mean? <laughs> well, it seems like you work for a, what is it, HiVi? HiVi, yes. Yeah. So that's a web platform. It's more based around educating people on yeah. the health and wellness benefits and mm -hmm. also teaching people who you know just want to smoke how to roll a joint how to do whatever without yeah. feeling sketchy because there <laughs> is low-key such a stigma oh yeah it's like, around well, smoking weed especially for me because like i grew up in new jersey like yeah. in a you know like residential area like you can't just walk down the street and smoke a joint like you can here in california oh it's i mean i grew up residential st louis and like I was a stoner in high school. Like I smoked a lot. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and like what well, you talk about, like how to roll a joint. So like the older brother stuff, like yeah, you, so you're exactly. making that more of like a proper platform for like yeah. learning and education. Whereas we were like doing, you know, <laughs> weird ass drug deals. And my problem is, and maybe you can help me with this because I've been trying to learn more about strains and delivery devices. Mm -hmm. And I hit a point where it just stopped feeling good. Same. It okay. hit, it, I hit a point between high school and college where it was, I, it was a specific night where it went from <laughs> getting high feels good to I need to be alone. <laughs> I no one look at me. Everyone's yeah. look, but everyone's looking at me. What am I talking about? Like, I need to think about my taxes. Like, I it's, oh my it's, God. it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's almost like a bad like mushroom trip or something. It gets yeah. like so heady and introspective. So I've been playing around with CBD. I think. Mm -hmm. CBD has no psychoactive effects and like my stepmom uses it for some issues she has and she loves it. I think it's great for just like a, I don't know, proactive, anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory. For sure. My, my friend has, it works for a great company, Breeze. I like their spray. But now I'm trying to like get these pens, the vaporizer pens mm -hmm. that have THC and CBD. Mm -hmm. So I started with one that was like 10 to 1 CBD THC. So very little THC. Cute. Felt good. Had a good experience. Now I'm up to four to one CBD, THC. There you go. Building up that tolerance. It's feeling better. <laughs> but like, how did you, so you had the same experience with like it yeah. switched on you. And it's funny that you say that because I feel like everyone I talk to has had that same yeah. experience. We're like, yeah, I used to be able to smoke so much. And then one day I just freaked it's out. It's like you and run out of highs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I definitely had a similar experience. I was also for sure a pothead in high school. And... Yeah, one day I just started getting anxious when I yeah. smoke. And even still sometimes when I smell like nugs or smell weed, I'll yeah. get that pit in my stomach yeah. before I even smoke. <laughs> yeah. But so I started using it more so like I would smoke and like reorganize my closet or... Oh, use the anxiety. Yeah, like yeah. I would just work through it and I'd kind of chill alone and be more aware if I was going to smoke in a social setting, just yeah. like, you know, like take two hits and then pass it on, like whatever, you yeah. know? But yeah, I've been getting a little bit back into it. I use CBD products for sure. There's this brand Mineral that I really like. They okay. have this body butter salve oh, that's recovery what my, my stuff. Oh, that's looking for. It smells so good and it works really well. It's called, what was it called? It's called Mineral. Mineral. Um, And 
I very recently got in a pretty bad skateboarding accident. Yeah. Caught my hands up. Oh, I saw my on elbow Instagram, on my I think. Knee. Yeah, it was not chill. No I was, rage. It I was, was not, smiling. It was it, not chill. I was smiling, but like I was not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty rough. I had a gnarly bruise on my yeah. hip um, and it helped that go away within a yeah. week, which was awesome. And I also, through Hi-Vi, I got a couple products one of the cbd oils that i use the droppers that you put under mm-hmm. your tongue it's called trance i think okay don't quote me but i really like that one yeah um and i'm just starting to get i'm getting into cooking with cannabis now uh, see that's a whole new world because yes. when you do the edibles it processes differently so i'm not doing edibles yet. okay just cooking with i have the cbd chili oil Ooh. so i'm starting with that okay and We'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll make some edibles. We'll see. Stay yeah, tuned. Those are the At most. Umami Kinami. <laughs> yeah, the plug. Follow, follow along. We'll see what happens. It might start to get real weird on that page. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the edibles for me are the most like, because I think it processes differently in your liver. And then that's when I get like, dude, I'm on a journey. Edibles? <laughs> yeah. Miss me with that bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. can I curse? Oh, of course oh, okay, you can. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, I had a tiny edible and then went and got a massage at one of those like Chinese foot massage places where mm-hmm. they actually massage your whole body, but you're in a yeah. room full of people and it's like really weird. <laughs> but you have your clothes on. And you I don't ate know. an edible before that? Yeah, and it, wow. I ate an edible before it and I was it's laying on this move, table. Cotton. <laughs> we'll see if it pays off. <laughs> um, it did not pay off. I was going, I was losing my mind, oh, but just laying there perfectly still with my eyes closed. And I was like, this woman has no idea how, like what a journey I'm going on. I'm cringing. But sometimes you can use that like, you know, it's kind of like being in a flotation tank where it's like, where's your mind going? And there's a reason it's going to those negative places. There's probably something you're worried about or stressed about or could be working more on. And it does, it's uncomfortable, but you know, growth comes from uncomfort. Yeah. It's a good experience to reel your mind back in and focus on where that anxiety or like where that uncomfy feelings coming from. Yeah. Definitely. How do you deal with I don't know. I mean, you're you're in a new city. You're embracing the SoCal lifestyle. You're embracing the model lifestyle. Mm. Have you found any of that uncomfy feeling? Do you or are you able to just daily. slip into it? Huh? <laughs> daily. Daily? Really? <laughs> not no, not daily. Um, yeah. Mm. Because I was talking to my, I went surfing with my buddy Daniel this morning, and I was like, he's like, who's on the podcast? And I told him. Kunami, because hey. and uh, I was like, she just seems like just has, has such a great disposition, and she's always happy. And I, I have a feeling I want to have a good conversation with her. But you know, you, now you say you have this uncomfy feeling. I mean, f- for sure, throughout. I mean, not to get. I, I guess I'm just gonna go full into go for it. it. You know how it can be with the modeling industry. I yeah. mean, it's it ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. So I definitely have an existential crisis like every other day. (laughs) Dude, holiday slowdown has hit us. Oh, it's real. I'm I'm scrapping for like whatever (laughs) jobs or, but yeah. I don't care. Lower my day rate. I'm down. (laughs) I'll be an extra. I don't care. Yeah, because like, we were texting and I was like, how's your week look? And you're like, uh, pretty wide open. I was no. like, me too. <laughs> also, I want to give us kudos for setting this up in less than 24 hours. We did a good job. Who, who would have thought? Yeah. Not me. I, I mean, that's the thing with trying to schedule two models to get together for an hour in the middle of the day. It's like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm free tomorrow, but like yeah. I might not be. So but I might good be in luck. San Diego. So yeah, may the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, what, were we, what were we talking about? We were talking about modeling. Yeah. Inconsistencies. Um, yeah. So just to get into it, I mean, 
when you're a fitness model or just a model in general, you kind of have to accept the, I mean, financial inconsistency yep. and schedule inconsistency. Yeah. That's just part of the gig and you got to get used to it. And f I think fortunately for me, my flexibility and freedom with my schedule yeah. is something that I value more than financial consistency. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I just, like the the schedule. Like, I like that. I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. Yeah, but I, I love that. I, I don't, I'll get my audition notifications tonight. I might get a last minute shoot. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And then it's like... You know, I'd like to go surfing, but if I have an early audition in Hollywood, I'll skip that. So, okay, maybe I'll go to the climbing gym or maybe mm -hmm. I'll go hit balls at the golf range or maybe I'll just come home and like take my dog for a hike. Like I love kind of thinking on the fly with how my day is going to be because when I worked nine to five, every day I just wanted to run through the walls like a Kool-Aid man and just be like, well, I'm out of here. Like oh, I'm yeah. trapped yeah. because so I can deal with the inconsistency of scheduling. I kind of I think I kind of need it and I yeah. think it, it forces me to be more creative with the things I do and what I, what I accomplish with my day mm -hmm. and to take advantage of the time that I do have off. Whereas when you know you have time off, sometimes you get less done than you would otherwise, you know, yeah. it's like when you have all the time in the world, you do nothing. When you have a very small window of time, you get more done than you thought possible. Exactly. But at the same time, you, so, I mean, some months I'm super busy, yep. you know, booked and busy doing that things. And then on other months I've, or weeks, whatever, I have no idea what my schedule is going to be like. Yeah. That's when I try and focus on passion projects or yeah. whatever I want to work on. Yep. And when you make yourself busy like that, that's when the work comes back. You know what I Dude, mean? Every time when I, every time I'm like, I'm going to go for a hike and I'm going to leave my phone in the car. I come back <laughs> and I got some notif- No, I've got some <laughs> notification that's like- we got a booking for you. We got an avail for you. Like whenever, or I put myself into one of my like serial killer portraits and oh, just, I'm like, yeah. like, whenever I'm not thinking about how much I'm not working and I'm just wor working on something else, that's when it seems like really hippy dippy, but I don't know how it works, but it, that's, it just seems to work. Let's it's just put it thing, that way. Yeah. yeah. When you make yourself more busy and you focus on yourself, I think. Yeah. Yeah. To get fully hippy dippy. I think the universe like rewards yeah. you. Well, the, you know, an object in motion stays in motion. Oh, an object yes. at rest stays at rest. So if you just sit there on the couch and complain about why you're not getting auditions, probably not going to get yeah. off that couch. Exactly. So what are you, what are you working on passion wise, passion project wise? Besides umami kunami. Well, yeah, besides cooking. I just started taking classes at this design slash sewing school downtown. Cool. Yeah, I've always really kind of wanted to make my own clothes just because mm -hmm. I just want simple style clothes layered well, you know, good maybe quality. Maybe like a white shirt. Yeah, maybe like a, a white sweatshirt stain. with like a gnarly stain <laughs> over it. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and my mom made her own wedding dress. She helped me oh, make cool. my own prom dress in high school. And it's just something I've always wanted to do. So I'm doing that. Yeah, I mean, that makes that sense. Takes me. That's what Emily Valdez was talking about, how, you know, when modeling maybe runs its course, she'd like to start working on a line because yeah. she's worn so much clothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do fit modeling, so I've seen the process of, like, designing clothing where they're, you know, you're literally the mannequin. Yeah, for and, sure. And, you know, you start to, I start to, like, feel pretty knowledgeable about clothes and athletic clothes and how they should feel. And then, you know, these designers will be asking me like, what do you think about this, the rise of these shorts or what, are they, what do you think about the armhole? And I, I have answers because I've worn good clothes and bad clothes and I've worn expensive clothes and cheap clothes. And mm -hmm. 
I could see how designing clothes would be fun. Yeah. Would it be like daily wear or athletic wear? Neither. Neither? I think it'll be swimwear. Swimwear? Yeah. Well, you're generally in a bathing suit, so. I am. Yeah. I am. And then maybe from there I'll layer with like some sweet linen pants or, yeah. you know, comfy sweaters, bucket hats for sure. We'll see. Bucket hats for sure. Do of course. Bucket I, hat. I would never, Big hat energy. ask? Duh. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, pouring yourself into passion projects is so important when you have downtime, I think. Just being productive and being creative in the negative spaces of your life. What mm-hmm. could be perceived as a negative space is important. But the financial insecurity mm. of modeling, I struggle with. And like right now it's slow and I just bought a bunch of Christmas gifts and I'm traveling and it always seems to happen where it's like it's during this, the summer slowdown or the holiday slowdown mm-hmm. when you want to be traveling or going to weddings or you want to have to buy Christmas presents and like it gets stressful and there I've gotten past the like what if I never work again thought but yeah it is everybody has that I, I mean everyone has it but how, what do you do to kind of mitigate that uncomfort? Um, discomfort i listen to my dad's advice what's his dad save 30 percent of everything you make that's good <laughs> advice yeah especially when taxes come around yeah but yeah i just i mean money comes and goes best not to get attached to it yeah i mean the key is you know kind of figuring out what level you're comfortable at and then when more money comes in, don't just spend it. Don't be yeah. like, well, now I'm at this level because that never ends. Like, yeah. you know, find the scale. You can scale your projects and, you know, your social groups and your travels, but like your house and your car, like that's a trap that never ends, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a new car. There's always a bigger house. There's always better appliances. And so I think it's important to have an idea, especially when you're starting out of like, where do I want to get where I'll be set? Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's just just play, save, and then remove that worry from your brain because financial concern, it sucks. Like yeah, I said, I get suck. high and think about my taxes. <laughs> yeah, that does suck for sure. Um, I've, I went through a little downfall last year Yeah, where I just moved out here. I, you know, had been saving all of my modeling money mm-hmm. because I had been living with my parents before that. Yeah. And all of a sudden I had all this money and I was just like, oh, I'm going in. <laughs> and, and it was my birthday month and I spent a lot of money. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, Laura, you don't have a nine to five job. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't just... Be, you can't just, you know, be a crazy person. Um, so through that experience, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I need to chill. Yeah. And I, I also don't buy so much stuff, you know? Like if I'm going to yeah. buy stuff, it's experiences. It's trips with my friends or, mm-hmm. you know, a new surfboard or a new wetsuit or whatever. Yeah, you well, know, it's that things, gets expensive. It's things that I need or that I know will add to my craft or, you know, yeah. you know, like getting another feather in my cap. Yep. For example, like I just started an acting class and those aren't cool. cheap, but no. I know that's down the road, maybe going to make me money. So if I'm spending money, it's kind of on. Well, that's what uh, Darius Marcellin was talking about in the last episode, which was adding value. Yes. Add value to yourself so you can add value to your agents, so you can add value to clients and mm-hmm. on up the chain. Because not everything you do for recreation 
you know, going out and getting hammered is not adding value. Mm. And buying shots for the bar is not adding value. No. For, I mean, in the appropriate setting, maybe it is, you know, for se- if you're celebrating <laughs> something or I don't know. I'm not knocking anyone's recreation, but just try to be sure you're adding value with that, that play money yeah. if, you, if and when you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, is modeling the full-time gig right now? Mm, I suppose. Yeah. I also, I, I so I work for this one artist so I'll paint with him mm-hmm. sometimes, which is fun. Cool. Yeah. I work for two artists, actually. One less so much, but or not so much anymore. Whenever he wants to work on an original piece, I'll work on his because I'm kind of good at copying other people's artwork. Really? <laughs> yeah. In what medium? Um, Any kind of medium, really. So when I was in college at Charleston, yeah. Alec Monopoly started getting really popular, uh-huh. you know, the graffiti artist. And a bunch of guys I went to college with were like, oh, I want one of his paintings. But, you know, they were wicked expensive. Yeah. And I just saw it and I was like, I can do that. I could make that. Yep. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, one grand, two grand. I'll make it for you. Yeah. And they were like, okay. And I was That's like, so I was I did like, the wait. same thing for my parents. <laughs> really? I went to an art fair and they saw this painting that was this big, like, ochre canvas with just streaks of white, like titanium white. And I was like, I can do that. Yeah. My, my dad was like, I'll give you $1,500. And I was like, fucking <laughs> done. done. Yeah. yeah. And it was cool. And yeah. Yeah. Like, you can kind of figure out how to copy people's work. Yeah. So I did that. Yeah. And then Alec Monopoly blocked me on Instagram. Well, I mean, if you're putting it out there, it's probably not. <laughs> yeah, it probably wasn't the smartest option. You're not but... supposed to profit off of it. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. What's that quote? Good artist copy, great artist steal. Yeah. I mean, there's no new ideas. Oh, whoa. That was dark. I mean, I, right? I think everyone's just recycling and changing. And Yeah. Are you like a classically trained fine artist? Fine artist? I don't think so. I'm no. going to go with a no on that one. But you can just copy people's work. Yeah. So I, I paint at home too. Yeah. It, it, so when I was painting those paintings in college and I started making a profit off it, mm-hmm. all of a sudden there was the expectation I think I put on myself of, oh, this has to be really good or yeah. I have to do it perfectly. And it kind of took the fun out of painting for me. So yeah. I just stopped yeah. commissioning paintings and I started, well, I just stopped painting, honestly. But I came back to it for myself like a year ago started yeah. getting back into watercolors i really like ink drawings yeah like tiny little detailed doodles india ink and like ink. really fine lines yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine oh lines. Like, like micro liners and that kind yeah, of stuff yeah yeah i love that that sort of aesthetic and scratch board i love scratch board and like, i totally relate to what you're saying about once you start to try to monetize your art it starts to not feel yeah it's not for you it feels icky like i did this series <laughs> <It's> icky. <laughs> feels doesn't it like yeah. it feels icky yeah i did this series a while back where I found back when everyone had the iPhone like four and down, I found these canvases that were what, two inches by two inches. So it was the, it was the exact size of an Instagram frame on a phone mm-hmm. and all Instagrams were squares at that point. You couldn't do the like, you know, cropping. So I started copying, I would do oil paintings of people's Instagrams because oh. like I was like Instagrams, you know, people are creating these really beautiful compositions because they're just accidentally learning photography from exposure to all these cool photographers. But then you're just scrolling past it. And I was like, what's the slowest medium? Like oil paintings take forever, one. Mm. And two, when you go to a museum and look at an oil painting, you like look at it. You don't just flick past it. Yeah. So I did this whole series where I was just taking, I did like some of my friends' photos and then I did like Kanye West's tour schedule and was just playing with it. And people like, you should sell these. So I created an Etsy page and never made another one. <laughs> it's just like I once you it becomes work. Yeah. And that's 
it's hard to find that happy medium of yeah. keeping the play and the work. And I think it's important maybe to have some sort of, you know, hobby or passion that you just don't try to monetize. Like yeah. I surf, but I'm not trying to get pro. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to happen first of all, but Hey, you never know. No, I know it's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but like with my serial killers, like, you know, I've sold some and I'm trying to figure out what to do with them. And it's like, I made those just cause I wanted to see them in the world. And I think that's the best way to go about making art is something that you just, you want to create. Mm-hmm. But then when, where's that line between wanting to create versus creating what you think the market wants versus the market just wanting what you want, you know? So it's, yeah, it's a tough. Create for yourself. I think once create you start thinking about what the yeah. market wants, then, you know, you're not in the moment yeah. doing it. Um, but what's that? There's that quote that's something along the lines of pick three hobbies one that keeps you fit one that makes you money and one that makes you happy or something oh i like that yeah me too so Uh, so what are your three i think they're like (laughs) ever-changing so because at one point the painting was a hobby that made me money but then it stopped making me happy so but then you stopped selling it and now it's making you happy yeah so now it makes me happy surfing is one that makes me happy but also keeps me fit yep Mm, skateboarding is one that makes me happy yeah but i'm as i said i'm doing a rebrand right now so i'm, I'm trying to book surfing and some skateboarding Skate jobs i think that would stuff. be really fun just because yeah. it's what i'm doing in my daily life now so when did you start skateboarding Ooh, bought my first skateboard when i was 12 see i, I still have it i went the the rollerblading route back when i'm <laughs> probably a little older than you back when it was like skateboarding and aggressive inline skating were kind of having this battle okay. So I went, the, I went the rollerblading route. It chose poorly, and <laughs> no, I ne- that's cool. <laughs> I never learned to skateboard, and I, you know, I do. I've done board sports my whole life. I snowboard now. I surf, but skateboards like freak me out. I do not feel safe on a skateboard. It's yeah, it can be scary. Yeah, for sure. I, I need to learn. I feel like at this age, living in California, like I. I should be able to get on a longboard and cruise the boardwalk and not feel terrified. Longboard cruising, that's for sure where you should start. So yeah. when I was 13, I bought like a street skating board. Yeah. I think I maybe went to a skate park like five times. Could do an ollie. Maybe you could do a kickflip, but I definitely yeah. sucked. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and, then, and then I dropped it throughout high school and came back to it. Um, at College of Charleston where I had the Santa Cruz longboard that I still have. And I would just ride cool. it around all the time yeah. all over the place it was so much fun yeah and then just recently i got a new street skating board have been i can i can now drop into the bowl cool i will fall the first time i do it every day but then i get it it's that weird idea of like lean going forward. head first yeah. into concrete <laughs> i trust that you're yeah but if you hesitate for a second that's when you that's yeah. when you eat it you got to go full well, it's the Both same hands. with surfing, like, you know, dropping into a wave. My buddy, my other buddy, Colin, who came out here and, you know, very determinedly learned to surf after mm. just being a skier his whole life. He was out there and he was asking this other guy, like, like, how do you make sure to make the drop? The guy's like, well, have you ever been in a half pipe? And he was like, no. Dude, what? No. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, thanks. Great. Like, yeah. but it's that trust of you need to lean with you know, with the gradient. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You just got to trust, literally a trust fall. Yeah. But with surfing, it's so much easier. You're falling into water. Worst case I mean, scenario, you get tumbled. Yeah. Yeah. But 
concrete will break your bones. <laughs> yeah, concrete hurts. Yeah. And leaves like some pretty nasty road rash, as we saw on your I, Instagram. Yes, it was not cute. But I do like that you're, you know, trying to book more jobs that are in line with what you're doing. Because yeah, it's just more organic that way. It's so much more organic and it's easy to you know, some, like we're lifestyle models. We're modeling a lifestyle. So it sh probably should be your lifestyle. And that's yeah. the easiest way to do it. And, you know, you can get a motorcycle license just so you have the M1 license if a casting comes up that requires it. Or like if you want to learn to like ride a bike, that's cool. Then you have the license and you can get a friend to take some photos of you on your bike or on someone else's bike. Mm -hmm. And then that's in your portfolio. Yeah. Same with, you know, you skating at a bowl, put that in your portfolio and you just Hopefully added value to your, exactly to who your brand and maybe new clients to yeah. SLU's Rasta. But yeah, totally. The lifestyle thing yeah. goes in line with that. And also when you do something in your daily life and then you do a shoot of that, the photos come out so much better. Oh yeah. Like I went to, I had one experience when I first got into modeling with SLU and I wanted to go to Miami swim week. Yeah. I was like, Oh, like I'm always in a bikini. Like, let's do this. I'm going to go to Miami swim week. Yeah. And it was not my vibe. Really? Yes. It just, I mean, the, all the girls there were super nice, but I just, that just wasn't the type of job I wanted to be booking. Mm -hmm. And I realized then that, you know, when I book like a Nike job or like a Saucony job or some athletic job where I'm getting booked because I'm an athlete, because yep. I have good running form, because I have this background in something that I'm proud of. Yeah. That's when the photos come out better. And that's when I'm psyched about you're in your element. booking a modeling job. Yeah. yeah. And I just realized like, oh, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like a sexy girl on the beach. Like that's just not my vibe. Uh, eh, well, mean, maybe, but like... <laughs> But I'm more comfortable taking yeah. athletic photos okay. than I am yeah. than I am like trying to pose yeah. all sexy. Like it just doesn't well, it, it also it comes across just as simply, especially when it's activity specific. Like we did that Skechers golf shoot and mm -hmm. that was a funny one because I had just broken up with a girlfriend Aww. and China, who's also with SLU, is the other model, other yes. female model on that shoot. That she was her cousin. So it was like oh. a month after we broke up. Oh, I had no idea. And it was like pretty awkward. Like it wasn't, it could have been way more awkward or less awkward, but that's probably why I didn't notice, wasn't like, didn't notice you at that casting or didn't really remember you as well. But I don't think you play golf, do you? Never. Yeah. I've been and to China didn't once. play golf. And it was me and Ben were the two male models who played golf. So we were, you know, swinging the clubs and that shoot never came out. Oh, yeah. But I think in the casting sheet, it said that it was, there was a p possible usage. Yeah, there was a possible buyout that. that we never got. So they but never used I'm those not images. not surprised considering none of us played golf. Yeah, because there's a thing about like, you know, if you're a surfer and you go to a surf audition and they ask you to bring a surfboard, it's not to prove that you have the sickest surfboard. It's just like that you can handle a surfboard the way a surfer does. Yeah. There's a certain way you pick it up. There's mm -hmm. a certain way you carry a golf club when you're going from, you know, the the fairway to the green. Mm -hmm. And a non-golfer is A, not going to look like they know what they're doing and a golfer is going to pick that out. And B, that model is going to, you're not going to feel like you know what you're doing. Like, totally. Yeah, you can smile and know that you're a pretty face in a blue polo shirt. Yeah, but, sure, you can look good doing it. But, but it doesn't mean that you're... It's not your lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Maybe not the right person yeah. for that job. So yeah. what are your dream jobs right now besides the athletic stuff? Dream jobs. 
Within the modeling industry? Yeah, or any industry. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. I would love to work with, you know, some skate and surf lifestyle brands yeah. like Vans, Volcom would be sweet. Totally. I wear a lot of Gap Body. I think their clothes are just so soft and nice. So Is that athletic love... wear? Yeah, they have athletic oh. wear, yeah. Um, so I'd love to work with Gap Body. What else? Continue to work with the brands that have booked me in the past yeah who i just like to be on set with i mean it's so nice when you get repeat clients oh yeah because we do you can get pretty lonely like if you don't have an yeah (laughs) annabelle you guys can't see this but this cat is very friendly um she's a dog she's she's a bunny yeah anyways um (laughs) but yeah so so my first modeling job shout out to saucony yeah um they were the first client to ever book me with SLU and I remember getting the call from I think it was Geraldine mm-hmm. and literally jumping around my room <laughs> like a big nerd yeah. being so stoked to have booked a yeah. job and then oh and then I Ooh. went to <laughs> cat almost bit me and then I went up to the shoot in Boston the whole team was so nice yeah had such a great time and they continued to book me just because we came, became friends you got you along know? yeah and, and you delivered on set yeah, and I was just stoked to be there. And yeah, I continued to work with them. And that's the best when you find a client who brings you in like family and friends and you can yeah. just continue. And I think that's something only people who model can understand. Or, yeah, because you, you know I, what I mean? Like, I mean, there's so many jobs where it's just a day here, a day there. And it's like I've been doing these fit modeling jobs for a couple companies. One's a shoe brand that's coming out with a menswear line and one's a women's fitness clothing company that's coming out with a menswear line so they are designing the clothes off my body and it's really nice to go in and like see the same faces you know once a week for a few hours and it's like oh hi lauren like how how's your son (laughs) and because on a modeling job like when you get there you spend half the time figuring out like what kind of shoot is this? Like, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? Where am I supposed to be? Who am I with? Do I know anyone? How big is this shoot? How's the food look? Um, <laughs> What's the craft service? Yeah. Let's be honest. And then by the end of the day, it, it, I always have this feeling that like at the very end of the day is when I really start to connect with people and then it's wrap. And <laughs> there's this thing where like you, when you start to get comfortable on set, like you're chatting, and you're like, oh, this is such a good time. They call wrap and people are pew, like gone. Yeah. And you just like, you can keep in touch with people, but it's hard. You know, it's hard to, Mm-hmm. it's hard to really build relationships. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that those repeat bookings are so nice. And clients out there, we like them. We Bring we us back. <laughs> yeah, we love it. <laughs> we love it. Keep yeah. doing it. <laughs> so this is a new question that has sort of popped up. It popped up in the episode with Chris Reed, but take your life now, mm. project out seven years. Uh, what does it look like? Dude, I don't know what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. I can't. Okay, but I'll try. Seven years from now. <laughs> I will be 31. <laughs> oh, you're a baby. Uh, le bebe. Yeah. I have, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> don't don't even answer that question. That's stupid. <laughs> no, I'm editing that try. out. No, I don't want to. I would hopefully be living closer to the beach. Yeah. I'd like to have a garden. That'd be nice. Ah, I I'd like to have a big kitchen. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool to have umami kunami be a little more established yeah. maybe a cookbook maybe maybe like monthly dinners i will say that your captions on your 
umami kunami posts are really funny because there think? was there was a breakfast burrito one that was like step one get a tortilla step two fill it with whatever you want in a breakfast burrito and i was like oh i could do that yeah well like i'm not gonna be like scramble the eggs yeah but then in the onions. comment you gave like more specific instructions but i was like this is hysterical like yeah. that that's right up my alley <laughs> yeah so i like that i don't need to explain it so much and also because it's such a new account for me yeah i'm like thinking less about the captions yeah so i'm just like like if i'm if it's a pasta dish i'm just like boil your pasta like i'm yeah. not gonna tell you yeah. how to <laughs> like google it yeah like hard boil an egg google, google it, it. I, yeah. I i every time i hard boil eggs i google it i don't know how to do it i yeah. just google knows <laughs> the only thing i think people need direction on is soft boiled eggs because there oh. there is a method so i can poach i can't soft boil oh Wait, what's your what's your soft boil? Okay. Three minute, a three minute egg. A three, what are you crazy? Apparently. Three minute egg. <laughs> Simmer down. <laughs> Either you put the egg in the water right on the stove and let it, and turn it on high heat and just leave it there for ten minutes, flat. No. Or way. put it in when it's boiling for six minutes. Does it matter how much water? Probably. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're funny. Um, oh, thank you. Well, I was. I get nervous before these interviews because I'm trying to branch out and talk to people who I don't know as well. And I don't know uh-huh. you as well as some of the other people I've talked to. And I was talking to Daniel. I was like, yeah, she's got a cool Instagram and like her captions are always really funny. She has this sunny disposition. Um, and he was like, yeah, but is that real? Ooh, And zinger. I was like, oh no, <laughs> is it real? What if it's a facade? I feel like you can tell though. Like, uh, dude, you never know. Cause sometimes I sometimes I I meet people who I see on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, your captures are so funny. Like yeah. this person's about to be the most funny person I've ever met. And then I meet them and I'm like, oh, like you're a homeschool jungle freak. Like you don't <laughs> talk at all. Like you're standing in the corner so awkward. Maybe someone else is writing their captions for them. No, I think maybe th- I think uh, I mean, what do I know? Perhaps I'm projecting, but no i think some people it's just easy for them to maybe write out how they feel yeah and just share it with the internet where like they don't have to yeah have that in your face connection of seeing somebody say it to you or react to seriously i like the the posts i can't say like what's up fit fam like how's everyone getting after it today like let's go out there and get the day and i I just like no guys like (laughs) okay i get that you're doing some really intense fitness move but then again, like it depends on the the audience. Like I'm a fitness model, so that kind of stuff just like bothers me because I get it. Yeah. But the people that are being motivated by that probably enjoy it. So yeah, I can't talk. I like captions that uh, I used to work. I designed a website for this artist um, named Laddie John Dill, who is based. He like he's cool he's lived yeah he's lived in Venice since like the '60s. That's where his studio is, and he grew up with like Warhol and everyone. Oh, sheesh. Yeah, super cool. But he always um, titles his works with a word that has nothing to do with the work. So if it's like a seascape, or his his stuff is very abstract, but he'll just like if it's a seascape, you know, a boat in a harbor, he'll call it like I don't like nutcracker because I'm looking. <laughs> Nobody at knows what it means, yeah. but it's but provocative. that's the whole thing. It's like it's like it doesn't matter what it's called. People will figure it out. It's really yeah. about the piece. Like you could just number your pieces. Mm, you could. Yeah. Well, do you have any last bits of wisdom for any of our listeners in the realms of Kunami, Umami, um, weed, Mm. (laughs) passion, discomfort, Mm. all the things we've covered? Maybe discomfort because through being a model, I think a lot of people don't 
don't get it or don't understand why we accept this life of just like inconsistency in what yeah. we do. And that's been a tough conversation in a lot of relationships, like family or you sure. know, peers, whatever that I've had in the past. And it's, how do I say this? <laughs> I guess to go off and to kind of go off another quote, you know, you walk a mile in somebody's shoes. Mm-hmm. Try running 12 miles in sample shoes that are two samples. sizes too small for you while yeah, having I'm your photo taken. Yeah, I'm wearing socks so no one can see my feet right now <laughs> for that very reason. Yeah, but it's just like but everybody, it's also, everybody's going through it. Yeah. Why not just make it a little bit easier for everyone? Well, I mean, it's it's difficult. No, like people should know that it's like models are, they have a tough time. Yeah. And, and I'm I, not saying my job, like our job yeah, way harder than anyone else. We're very else's. thankful for it, but there is, there are hard parts of it. And those inconsistencies in scheduling and financials, we choose it maybe because it forces us to grow. It forces you to realize, oh, I should put 30% away. I shouldn't spend all my money on my birthday because I'm a <laughs> queen and I deserve it, you know? But it, I am. <laughs> whereas when you have a stable paycheck that comes every week, maybe it doesn't force you to learn any lessons about, you know, mm. time management or financial management. I wouldn't know because I've never had the nine to five job. I have but one. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking with Thanks me. Thanks for having me. This is fun. This is fun, right? Yeah. Nothing to be scared of. So scary. All right. <laughs> bye, kids. Okay, bye-bye.